Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Who is the best player in this year's March Madness? Sam's answer may surprise you. You are locked on the NBA draft. I am one of your co-hosts, Sam Ferris. And as always, I'm joined by my friend, the other member of the draft dummies. It is co-host Cody. Cody, how's it going for you today? I'm doing awesome. Been watching March Madness. Can't complain. Getting tons of basketball. There's been some great games. Uh, in today's show, Sam and I are going to cover some winners and losers so far in March Madness. Uh, the second segment, we're going to talk about some of our favorite prospect performances so far. And then the final segment, we're going to talk about who Sam thinks might be the best player in the bracket of all the teams and uh, talk some Cade and Jalen Suggs as well. Like Cody said, be sure to stay tuned for that final segment. I think that's going to be fun. We're going to talk about how the NCAA tournament has affected the stock of some of these top guys, plus who we think the best player is in this tournament. But like Cody said, let's get started with our winners and losers so far from March Madness. And Cody, I will let you go first. Uh, give me your first winner. My first winner is Max Acemas out of Oral Roberts. Uh, I think that was one of the clear choices for this segment. For this segment, he has been lighting it up so far. He was a, a nation's leading scorer this year in college basketball. He's a sophomore, and Oral Roberts is into the Sweet 16. Not Max Abmus, it's Max Acemus, and he has surely made a name for himself, been a lot of fun to watch, and um, yeah, that's a very good winner. Do you have another winner, or do you have a loser next, or should I go first, Cody? Uh, another winner I had was Austin Reeves. He was 6 of 16 in Oklahoma's win over Missouri, but as we are recording this, uh, this is... March 22nd. So he just played Gonzaga today and Oklahoma played about as well as you can, especially the first half. And they were still uh, down double digits at halftime and for the rest of the game. But Austin Reeves, uh, he came to play. He was unafraid and he had some awesome moments in that game. Uh, so I had him as one of my winners as well. The best way to describe his game is he's just a baller. Like he just has passion and intensity. He can get to the rack, uh, has some pretty wild finishes where it leaves you scratching your head. Uh, just really, really uh, enjoy watching him. So he was my other winner. Yeah, he played very well today, but still was not enough to overcome Gonzaga. Cody, I think I texted you earlier this week and I made kind of the bold prediction that I think Gonzaga beats everybody by double digits. And I think the only team really that can compete with Gonzaga, if both of them are playing, you know, kind of average in terms of their capability, obviously, you know, some team can have a super hot game and, and keep with Gonzaga. But I think Baylor, if they're both playing, you know, in terms of how well they can play, if they're both playing kind of an average game, I think Baylor is the only team that can really keep up with Gonzaga. So that's kind of 
one of my bold predictions for the remainder of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, they have only had one game, I believe. I could be wrong in single digits this year. So, yeah, bold, but at the same time, this Gonzaga team is that special. Who are some of your winners so far? So my first winner overall is the West Coast. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. I guess with that, I will say that Bill Walton's bracket is looking pretty fantastic, and he is uh, one of my winners. Everyone kind of laughed at how he picked all five of the Pac-12 teams to make the Final Four. And believe it or not, his Final Four is looking a lot better than pretty much everyone else's. But Cody, this is like kind of shaping up to be almost a West Coast Invitational. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe the Pac-12 this year. I am one that has been pretty hard on them over the years. Gonzaga's kind of ran the whole West Coast uh, as far as the elite teams go. Oregon has had, uh, you know, the Final Four run a few years ago. But other than that, it's it's been tough out West. So I've been pleasantly surprised so far with the Pac-12's performance. Yeah, I mean, they've looked pretty much every team has looked better than I expected. Oregon was a team that originally I had making the Elite Eight, but made one of those dumb moves right before it locked. I ended up going with Iowa over them, and that did not look so good. I'm a big Chris Duarte guy. Of course, USC and Evan Mobley and UCLA has played a lot better, even with the loss of Chris Smith. They've kind of overcome that. So, yeah, the West Coast, obviously the Pac-12 plus Gonzaga like I said, it's looking a bit like a West Coast Invitational. And it's kind of always interesting to keep your eye on the conferences and you know see what the record is by conference and which conferences were underrated and underestimated this year and which kind of were overrated. Yeah. Did you have any losers or did you want to hit up another winner before we get there? <clears throat> no. So I had a loser and this one is... Not really related to the NCAA tournament specifically, but Cody, you know me and our listeners have probably figured out by now, but I've always got one or two kind of deep dive statistics that I love to share. So I always have to find a way to get that in. And so my loser for this week is uh, small sample sizes, or I mean, I guess this could be a winner, however you want to phrase it really. But Cody, the stat I have for you is that I've looked... You know, back through, we, we mentioned the Bart Torvik database where you can do queries looking back over time. I can't find, and I don't believe any player has ever been drafted coming off of a college season in which they had a negative box plus minus. In other words, they had a really rough season and had a negative impact on their team. And this season, uh, we just saw Terrence Clark announced that he's going to enter the draft. He had a negative box plus minus this year. But Cody, even more than that, a guy named Zaire Williams, who we've talked about a few times, he's projected as a potential lottery pick. He was also a negative box plus minus guy this year. And, you know, I reference box plus minus. That's one kind of all-inclusive analytic stat. It doesn't tell the whole story, but what I'm trying to say is that, you know, lots of times we project these players based off of potential but this year, it's gotten to the point with Zaire Williams, with Terrence Clark, and Caleb Love would fit into this category as well as if he does decide to declare, where, I mean, these guys have basically had unprecedentedly bad seasons in college. And yeah, it's a small sample size. Yeah, we liked what we saw from them in high school, but 
it makes it very hard to project and it's it's just really hard to know how high is too high to take them and then on the other end it's like how far could they end up sliding i don't know it's just something we haven't seen and it keeps getting even more and more pronounced that some of these freshmen come in and just really do not produce in their lone season but these guys are still likely to get drafted yeah that's an interesting figure you have there uh, for me, yep, it comes down to looking at their individual circumstances. They all were on some teams uh, that really did not play super well this year, especially for you know some of the university's reputation. But uh, yeah, that'll be something to keep an eye on as they start their NBA career and see how they turn out with a negative uh, box plus minus there. A loser for me has been so far in this tournament, the charge calls. Um, I don't know if you felt the same way, Sam, but watching all these games, it's gotten to the point where pretty much if the defender decides to just fall over, they're going to get a charge call nine times out of 10. They don't even have to flop. Like we like to think of Marcus Smart and Kyle Lowry and LeBron and James Harden where you flail or anything. You can just, Take some contact and fall over. You don't have to be dramatic or theatrical about it, and uh, you'll get the charge call. It seems like 90% of the time. Uh, I miss the days when to get the charge call, you had to, like it was very rare, you had to beat the guy to the spot and have your feet set. Uh, I've just seen a lot of bad ones so far this year. Yeah, and in college basketball, it is especially bad right now. I don't know what it is, but I mean, part of it is the charge is just so like sensationalized in college. Uh, everyone talks about it. It's like just the ultimate hustle play. But to me, I mean, don't get me started on on charges. I can go off on that. I mean, number one, it's not really basketball most of the time. Like you said, it's a guy standing there holding his crotch and then falling over. <laughs> number two, often it ends up being a pretty dangerous play where a guy is in the air. The worst one to me, Cody, though, is, you know, the guy has already shot the layup or made the pass and the guy slides in at the last second after the play's already made and falls over. It shouldn't be a charge, but these college officials love to call it a charge. And that can end up in dangerous plays where a guy's sliding under a guy in the air. Um, and then it just makes it less fun to watch. So I'm one of those guys that a lot of these charges that are being called, you know, 75, 80% of the time, in my opinion, it should be either a no call or a block. Uh, I don't know what college needs to do. I don't know if they should, you know, toy with the idea of I would love to see them try to go a whole season and just get rid of the charge and see what it does. Maybe limit a team to like one or two charges per half. But I don't know what they need to do, but they need to do something to limit the amount of charges called. It's It's gotten pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I just think they need to make it a point of emphasis. I don't know if you can limit anything because then that might affect the game where you know, maybe a team really does take uh, nice charges and they should be rewarded. But uh, yeah, it's it's gotten pretty out of hand, in my opinion. Uh, like I said, you just got to fall over and you'll get the call. And uh, I would like it to be a little more difficult than that. And I'd say a bunch of them are no calls, like where they really don't even hit that hard. The guy just falls kind of like you're saying. Saw one today. Uh, Jalen Suggs took a charge. But uh, he slid under the guy as he had already jumped, laid the ball up, and then was on his way down. 
is when he slid under him. Like like you said, the play was over, and you got to give that guy space to land. And uh, he just fell, though, and, and got the call. So I would love to see the NCAA focus on that, but we'll see. So uh, after this quick break, we are going to get into some of our favorite prospect performances of the dance so far. Locked On has partnered with Michelob Ultra to bring you the Ultra Player of the Week. Michelob believes it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, you don't have to feel guilty about it either. This week's Player of the Week epitomizes joy and happiness and enjoyment out on the basketball floor, and that is Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. This week he had 42, 38, and 37 point games, including 8 of 9 from 3 in the last one against the Blazers. Michelob believes his joy creates the success. So ask yourself, are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, Luka Doncic. March Madness has returned, and Paramount Plus has the games you will not want to miss. Watch CBS games live on Paramount Plus, including the Final Four and the National Championship game on April 5th. Paramount Plus is also the home to year-round sporting events, including awesome events like the Masters, the PGA Championship, UEFA, Champions League, and Europa League, the NFL, and more. So visit ParamountPlus.com before March 31st to receive a one-month free trial of Paramount Plus. Again, that's ParamountPlus.com to receive a one-month free trial of Paramount Plus, ParamountPlus.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Sam, getting back into it for segment two here. What has been your favorite or one of your favorite uh, prospect performances so far in this year's dance? Okay, so I'll, I have three written down. Two will just be kind of quick hitters, and then one I'll get a little more in-depth on why I liked his performance. So the first quick hitter, Chris Duarte. I already mentioned I'm a big Chris Duarte fan. I just mostly wanted to bring him up. Obviously, they kind of had the first round by there with the VCU incident and them having to unfortunately drop out of the tournament, but his second round game, he was fantastic. I've loved him all season. I loved him going back to last year. Obviously the issue with him is the age, but I just wanted to use this, this time to say that I would be fine taking him anywhere after the lottery, like mid first round. I'm fine taking Chris Duarte, a guy that fits hand in glove in the modern NBA can shoot, He's athletic, he's physical, uh, he can guard, he's pretty big, and he can play on the wing. He's going to fit and he's going to play in a rotation day one. And we saw the game today against Iowa Cody. Oregon just had more speed, more quickness, more athleticism. Kind of ran circles around Iowa, put Luca Garza in the pick and roll. And one of the few teams that's really had an offensive explosion today, Oregon put up 95 points. Chris Duarte was a huge part of that. Um one more quick mention for me is Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I thought Villanova had a chance of being eliminated in the first round with the injury issues they have, including Colin Gillespie, and he has played really well. Um, 
what about you, Cody? I'll let you share one or two of yours before I get into my main uh, prospect performance. Well, yeah, first, just to touch on uh, Duarte, I agree. I love him as a prospect. He is 23 years old. Yes, that is abnormally old for a college player, but that doesn't seem to bother me too much. I mean, we see players all the time that spend three, four years in college that become successful NBA players. Uh, and yeah, for the reasons you listed, I think he's going to be pretty good at the next level. So love the Duarte mention. In that Oregon team earlier, you're talking about uh, Gonzaga and maybe some of the teams that could give them a run like Baylor. After watching Oregon today, they're healthy now. Uh, they are clicking at just the right time. That would be a matchup I would love to see. They have shooting and they have the wings, the athletes. Uh, I think they could give Gonzaga a run for their money. I would take GU, maybe even by double digits, uh, but would love to see Oregon, Gonzaga, potentially if Oregon can continue this hot streak. Uh, as far as me, someone I really enjoyed watching uh, that is a prospect, considered a prospect in my mind in a first round one for me, is Miles McBride. So against Moorhead State, which isn't the best competition, he had 30 on 11 of 17 shooting and 3 of 4 from 3. Uh, but the big thing with uh, McBride that I love is his defense. I mean, his feet are amazing. His lateral quickness, his hands, his anticipation, his toughness. Uh, it's just such a pleasure to watch him on that side of the floor. And when there's a player like him um, that – really is just like so entertaining defensively. Uh, they just become a fan favorite uh, in the Syracuse game as well. They ended up losing, of course, but his ball pressure was just so much fun to watch. And if that three-point shot uh, comes around, I think he's going to be a very serviceable player at the next level with his perimeter defense. He shot 41% this year from three. Over these two tournament games, he was six of nine from three. So I really like uh, Deuce McBride. Did you get a chance to watch him much, Sam? I did, and he was not the guy I ended up going with for this segment, but I did consider him. And to put some numbers, Cody, to what you were talking about, I tweeted this out after his first game because he was one of my favorite performances of day one. He... I think he put up 30 points right against Moorhead State. But what yep. really stood out to me was he shot five of seven on jumpers off the bounce. And that's a big improvement we've seen from him year over year watching his film. And, you know, I'm not making the comparison to Russell Westbrook as a player at all. But if you remember a couple of years ago and, you know, Westbrook will still do this, but he just had that ability to pogo stick straight up into his jumper in the mid range. And McBride has a little bit of that to his game where he can stop on a dime and elevate. He's a phenomenal athlete uh, for a guard. He hit his head on the backboard catching an alley-oop in that game against Moorhead State. But McBride has that ability where he like can just stop on a dime and elevate straight up, almost backwards even. Creates a ton of space for himself for that mid-range pull-up. But yeah, I mean, to me, I agree. He's a first-round pick in my opinion, Cody. We often talk about you know, the theory of there's only 20 guys in every draft that are going to make it. So we can analyze these guys all we want, but in the end, 20 guys are going to make it. And so when I look at Miles McBride, I look at a guy that one is productive already in college, two, he can really, really guard, 
and he can shoot it already. So to me, that's a very positive baseline of a guy that I can imagine finding his way in the NBA. And so I'd be pretty comfortable listing him as one of my 20 guys that I would bet on making it in the NBA out of this draft class. So I'm, I'm right there with you, Cody. Yeah. And his areas of improvement for sure are going to be more consistency shooting off the dribble. If he wants to be a lead ball handler and then yeah, create him for himself and for others. But like you said, the baseline is there. The shot looks good. He'll continue to get better off the bounce with it. And yeah, and then the defense and the athleticism, he is, you know, a little undersized. I believe he's 6'1", 6'2", but I think uh, defensively, that's not going to be an issue for him at all. And I think he'll do a really good job on the Damian Lillards, the Steph Currys, the Trey Youngs, uh, the Fred Van Bleets. I think he'll he'll be awesome at just keeping pressure on these plethora of amazing guards in the NBA. So I really like McBride as well. Uh, hopefully he'll go, you know, late first round to a team that will really utilize him and have being a winning culture right away. That would be awesome for him. Um, so yeah, he was one of my favorite performances so far. So the last one for me is Davion Mitchell. So we had a similar theme with defensive guards and I view him in a similar light to Miles McBride. He shot really well this year. Uh, you know, his shooting throughout his career has been up and down, but He's a guy that really affects winning and plays for Baylor, who's one of the few teams, as we discussed, that we really think has a chance to win the tournament this year. He's the guy that he has the best on-court plus-minus for Baylor this year. He really does affect winning. One of the best defensive guards, in my opinion, in this draft and very athletic. And uh, yeah, he's been fantastic. He's a plus 38 through two games, been a defensive hound with five steals and two blocks. A guy that, to me, is moving up into that first-round picture, and he's a guy that I'll be excited to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, But coming up next after this, Cody and I are going to get into what we've seen from Suggs and Cunningham in this tournament, and also who we think the most valuable player is in this entire tournament. So we have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Go online to BuiltBar.com or go to Built underscore bar on Twitter to vote for the matchup today. So you can contribute to this tournament. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and obviously March Madness is in the process right now. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real update or real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to their website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus. Make sure you use promo code locked on to let them know you came from us. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft 
with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Yep, that's us. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow the Locked On NBA Draft wherever you get your podcast. Okay, Cody, so let's get into some of our kind of quickfire questions on some yeah, of these prospects. I'll start with you. Okay, go ahead. So the way I uh, organized this was into agree or disagree. So I'm going to make a statement, and uh, Sam is going to tell me whether he agrees or disagrees with said statement. So to start, Drew Timmy is a top three player in this tournament. Uh, I'm going to go half agree, half disagree, Cody. (laughs) And the reason why is I'm setting myself for a, a hot take here. I think he is the number one most valuable player in the NCAA tournament. He is the most valuable player for the best team in the tournament in Gonzaga and the team that has been the best team all season. Cody, I think he's the best offensive player in college basketball. He does his damage within the flow of the offense. And, you know, sometimes it's a quiet 30. Sometimes it's not so quiet. But, I mean, he's got amazing hands. He's got amazing feet. He does his work early. I mean, even when Jalen Suggs comes in and misses a layup, uh, what do you know? Drew Timmy's there to get the rebound. I I just think he's a fantastic basketball player that, you know, he's not an NBA prospect in my opinion, which is, you know, unfortunate, but we should appreciate him for who he is. And I think he is the best player on the best team. And if I had to pick the best player in college basketball right now, to me, it's Drew Timmy. Yeah. And for those uh, wondering, just to clarify I'm kind of with Sam on this after just watching Timmy all year and watching the tournament so far and how good Gonzaga is playing. Um, that does not mean we think he is an NBA prospect or the number one you know, prospect for this year's uh, draft. That's not the case at all. That's a, a different subject. But in college basketball right now, uh, there's no one more valuable in my opinion as well. He had 30 today on nine of 12 shooting. Like you said, uh, sometimes it's not so quiet. He's got such a confidence to him. Um, and it's just really, really fun to watch uh, his footwork, his hands. Like you said, uh, he is just a few steps ahead of everyone at all times with his positioning and what he's doing out there on the floor. So Yeah, I I agree with you. I think he is a top three player in this tournament. Okay, I'll go next, and I will provide the statement, and you give me your answer. Agree or disagree, Cody? Cade Cunningham hurt his draft stock with his two performances uh, in the two games that he played in the tournament. Yeah, so we included this one because there was talk uh, about it around the Twitter sphere, but... I just, I disagree. I don't think a game or two, or I should put it this way. I don't think him just missing out on the Sweet 16 should affect his draft stock. I mean, the body of work is there. He didn't play horribly in those games. I would have liked to see him a bit more assertive at times. Uh, but it's also the roster he has. And uh, we we know what we're getting with Cade Cunningham. I personally, I wouldn't uh, dip his stock at all just because of this March Madness tournament. No, I agree. Uh, you got to look at the body of work. You got to look at not only just this year, but how touted of prospect he's been for years now. And to say that he's been 
slightly underwhelming in college, I think is acceptable to me. But even with that in mind, he was still an All-American. He was still a fantastic player this year and led a team that, frankly, was talented, but not that great. And I mean, they won the Big 12 tournament and then had a decent showing in March Madness. So, no, I, I don't think it should hurt his draft stock. And it doesn't hurt his draft stock, in my opinion. I still have him as the number one prospect in this class. Now, I don't view him as a generational prospect like some do. I view him as kind of your average number one pick. uh, And and he'll be that for me all the way down to the draft. Yeah, well said. I like it. All right, last one here for you. I have just heard this statement a few times over the past few days. And, I mean, you'll... You'll know what I think about it, but Jalen Suggs is the best point guard in the country. Agree or disagree? So I disagree. I think Jared Butler probably would be the best point guard in the country. However, Cody, and to me, this is important and maybe it's overanalyzed because of his age. I love the intangibles with Jalen Suggs. And if you're asking me which point guard would I want to start for my team, if you guarantee me I'm in the final four, the national championship, I actually would take Jalen Suggs. I've just seen him show up in big moments, and I really buy that. Um, So maybe that's a surprise answer. Over the course of like a college season, you know, going back over the last year, I think Jared Butler is the best point guard. You could throw other guys in there ahead of Jalen Suggs for me. But if you're talking about one game takes all, I actually do think that I would take Jalen Suggs. So I love Jalen Suggs. I am a huge Suggs fan. Uh, Love him for those intangibles, like you said, his leadership. He's got a lot of humility. He sacrificed a lot of his numbers this year. And like you said, he's a gamer. Big time games, big time moments. He is not afraid. With that being said, it doesn't mean he's the best point guard in the country. He's the best point guard a prospect in the draft, but as of right now, I agree. I mean, I think Jared Butler is the best point guard in the country, but I really liked how you kind of delineated there with the uh, having Suggs for one game, but also agreeing that Butler is the best point guard at this time. But again, yeah, Jalen Suggs, he's the number one point guard on my board. I think he's going to be the best in the NBA uh, if you count Cade as a point guard, which I kind of do, then uh, Cade would take the number one spot. But, yeah, well said. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Please follow us at Draft Dummies on Twitter. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft wherever you get your podcast. We very much appreciate it if you would leave a review as well. And just, of course, thank you, listeners, for tuning in.